All right, let's get into it. Let's have some fun. First of all, good evening, everyone. All right. So, okay. Tonight's topic is, as you already know, are your affairs in order? Don't be sloppy with your affairs. So, um, first of all, I'm going to open up the, uh, the conversation with a question. All right. What do you think I mean by affairs being in order? Let's start there. So, hey. I would say having your affairs in order for... Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Can you hear me? I can hear okay. you. I was going to say having your affairs in order um, as far as if something was to happen suddenly, um, is your family taken care of or something happens with you suddenly, like say you get um, into a bad car accident and you don't have any income, do you have stuff away, you know, stuff like that. That's what I think that you say is your stuff in order. Okay, who agrees with that? Okay. So... I think that a lot of times people don't plan for these things. And if you don't know me, I've been, a, um, I used to own an agency for about, I don't know, eight years and I've been in the insurance business for 12. But the reality behind it is that no one I talk to really has it together or has an understanding of it. And, you know, normally, you know, I do something a little bit more jazzy as far as topic, but then I thought, you know what, this, this needs to be said and it needs to be talked about, especially since there's so many new people on the page and in the groups. Um, it makes a lot more sense. So I got a question for you. Have you thought about your funeral and what type of funeral you wanted? Who's thought about that? So so what type of funeral you want, Miss Gina? And come on, unmute yourself. Go ahead. Something Come really on, really ginger. Can, well, can I, I like ninja, but with a G. And Gina above you. I, I actually have a twin sister named Gina. That's hilarious. Really? <laughs> funny. Her name is called G-E-N-A because my dad's name is G. But anyway, um, I want to be cremated. God help me. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Somewhere in Africa, either somewhere in the Serengeti or in Seychelles or something like that. That's my wish. Okay. Not to save my ashes or anything. Yeah, I used to, I used to go, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think that'd pass in my house. How about you, Gina? Well, yeah, I'm going to well, be cremated. No, actually, my my husband and my, my husband's family they they do that cremation thing. I don't want to be burned dead or alive. I know I'm not going to be present, but it's just not interesting. <laughs> you can throw me in a hole in the backyard. You can throw me in the ocean. I want something really simple, really quick, because um, I just don't want sadness. Because I'm 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 going to do something. Well, that, that was the next thing. You want a party? You want you want the second line like they do down in the no? You know. Well, I do I do. Um, praise dancing and worship dancing. So it's like, yeah, throw on some music. I want flags. I want celebration. I want, but I don't want it long. Say what you got to say and go on about your life. Listen, I had fun at my uncle's funeral. It was like, it was, you wouldn't have known you was at a funeral. So it, it was just the most hilarious thing because everyone had so much good things to say because he's the funny uncle. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. so that's how I want mine because everybody knows I'm I snap, so they already know I'm crazy. So they, so that's how that's how I want it to be. I don't want everybody losing their mind. But the question is though, regardless of how you want it to happen, whether you want to be cremated or you want it to be, you know, a second line or you want praise dancing, do you have it written down? So Ginger has it written down. I have I have some of it written down. It's not it's not complete, but. So, I have some things done. So Mine ain't in order. So the, yeah, yeah. The purpose of this conversation is right. It's like 
getting it done. And the reason why this came up is because I found myself, my son doesn't let me sleep anyway. So it's about 1.30 in the morning. And I found myself saying, okay, I got all these computers with different passwords. Um, I got separate bank accounts, one for the business um, that's in my name. And I'm sitting here going, passwords, uh, beneficiaries, everything has to be in order. You do not want life to stop when your life stops, right? It just doesn't make any sense. So the question is, and this is for anyone, if you pass today, what would your legacy look like? Come on now, let's go. I know this is one of those topics, but we I promise to pick it up. Hey, so I'll, 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 I'll add into that. Um, this is Malcolm, guys. I'm from Houston. I'm sorry I was a little late to the call. I just got off work. But if I died today, I think I would be remembered as basically like the pioneer for my family tree. Like I'm that branch on the tree that just completely went the opposite direction. I come from a very, I come from one of those families that's just full of potential, but that's it. You know mm. what I mean? There's a lot of people in my family that had the skills and stuff like that, but I'm the one who actually, I'm the one who actually put it into motion. First generation graduate, um, first to get a job making over six figures. I'm still super young, 27. They recognize the ambition in me. And I think it's becoming contagious for those who are coming after me. Um, so haven't really, you know, done anything super monumental yet, but if I died today, they would know, they would know that I was on my way. Uh, do you have any kids? No, no, no. It's just me. No, no wife, no kids. It's, it's just me. Okay. There you go. Well, yeah, I, um, the whole thing for me started with my son. So that this whole journey, um, my son made me a liquid millionaire. That's my son did that. Like, I can't say I did it alone because I guess when it came down to, um, money, I've always had enough to do what I needed to do. But when I realized that I needed to have more for his generations and most of us are not left, I don't care where you're from, where you come from, we don't know to leave money behind. It just doesn't happen. Right. So question for you, what percentage of the people, if you was thinking about out of 100 or out of 10, what percentage of the people plan for their death? Give me a number. Go ahead, Chris. People in general or people that we know? Not the 5%. What you say, uh, Chris? 5%? 5%, yeah. How about you, Kimberly? 5 we got to give them some more credit than that. I'd say about 15. <laughs> You're like, listen, nobody prepares. You're all dead with nothing. Yeah, I would say less than that. Nah. Let's say about. It, it's 40%. Oh. Yeah, oh. 40%. That's so good. The question is, how many people have a, how many people do you think out of that same number has a will? 10%. Damn, that's low. 15 to 20% of people 15, have a will. Yeah. Well, the, the number is 60% again, right? But if you, it depends on the segment and the group of people that you're talking to. Yeah. Okay. And I, I can tell you that from experience. I've been in a lot of houses. And if I talk to 10 people, maybe, maybe, maybe one of them will have a will. Maybe, maybe one. And so when you die without a will, you die in test state. So, you know, we knew who died without a will. Who, who's famous who died without a will? Aretha Franklin. Well, she actually later they said they found Prince. Prince, Chad Prince didn't have a will. Right, Prince didn't have a will. So, what happened when? What happens when you don't have a will? 
the state, the state, state, gets over, it. state comes over and take over. Right, so that's called probate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then goes into probate. Now the heirs have no say so. They can't make up any decisions on anything. So it's important to have a will because how long does a probate, how long can probate take? That could take a long time. Forever. Years and years. It could be months, it could be years. Absolutely right. So you have to start thinking about this now. And the problem is, you know, COVID should have really sped up people's reality. It sped up reality to the point where we weren't spending enough time with our families because we realized, wow, I get a chance to know you again, right? And then at the same token, it's like people were dying left and right that we all know. I know how many of us by show of hands know someone who died because of COVID? Mm -hmm. Not a game. It's not a game. It's not like the flu. You know, we got people die every year with the flu, 1%, right? But COVID's a little bit different, a lot bit different, right? So... When you think about it, it's important to have that straight because also how important is it to have, hold on a second guys. How important is it to have instruction left behind? Very. Very important. Why? Because you, you don't think that it's going to be a problem until the problem is there, especially so where, if there's where, money. Involved. Where does the problem first show up or where it's ugly head? Well, with the, the, the finances, probably. With, with the, again? With, the again? with the money and the finances. Yeah, family fighting over money, fighting over who gets who. Right. So you know, Prince died without a will, and everyone had to prove their relationship. And and that's hold on a second. And that's important for you guys to know. Um, that's why I tell people, write it down. If you don't have a will, you know, do a will kit. Go to go to like Target or or um or Staples and get a will kit, 40 bucks and fill it out. Layman's will. Take it to your bank. Get it notarized. They'll do it for free. Direction. Everything's like vital and important. So I'm gonna ask a question. Name 10 things you should do when setting up a will. I got 10 things here. I want to see if someone hits at least one or two of them. Well, I, I would say from, one at a time. Go ahead, Carolyn. I would just say from experience, uh, just to understand what properties you really own, because the instruction sometimes can be the problem. You, when you think you own a home and you give, you know, instruct that so-and-so gets to move in when I die, but you totally forgot you had a husband that was still alive and you're giving away property you don't own. Right, right. I, I think that makes sense. Thank you, Carolyn. Who else? What happens with I said someone has to be named the executor. Said it, who said that? Executor. Executor. Was that you, Ginger? Ginger. Okay. What did you say about the executor? I said someone has to be named the executor. Right. Someone has to be somebody. You have will. to choose someone to be the executor. Perfect. Okay. Who's next? Also, what happens with minor children? Right. You got to select a guardian. Perfect. Who's next? Beneficiaries. Perfect. Who's next? Uh, is a trust in there somewhere? Or is that a separate? That's separate. Okay. 
but I'll be give you specific. Yeah, you have to be specific. And you got to be very, very, very specific about what it is, who gets what, down to the penny, letter, or document. Very, very specific. So there's no, no ambiguity, right? And me personally, I think that people don't like to talk about death, but they need to have that conversation with their beneficiaries. So they know exactly what it is because if they know while you're living how you would have wanted it done, chances are it saves the argument because it's the seed being planted that sets the expectations, if that makes any sense, All right? So um, you gotta review your will and update it because things change in your life, right? Also, if it's something that you specifically want, then you need to make that known as well. Like in my family, we have a lot of really old furniture that's, that was um, really like some classic antique pieces. Mm-hmm. And um, so I know that a lot of my, like my sister, my cousins and stuff aren't particularly interested in because they're just old, but I made, I just happened to mention to my aunt one day that I wanted one of them. And she goes, oh, okay, well I need to go and update my will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she told me the story behind it. And I was like, <laughs> boom, I got it. <laughs> Right. But but, um, you know, if if or when something happens to her, then that's like an argument that I don't have to have, because now all of a sudden somebody says, well, I wanted that. And, then, you know, grandma told me grandma died. <laughs> oh, so you know, it's so funny because that happened to me. My dad said he'd give me his records. He has a whole bunch of jazz records, but it wasn't written down. So my brother has them. But my brother has. them. So I, it's not going to you understand. It's OK. But it's so important that you do that. And then there's another thing that no one really mentioned. Um, be realistic. Be realistic. You know about what you're doing in this will. You know, and understand what it is. Understand what it is. I sat there this morning, and it, it. You know, so when I wrote my book, the first page that I wrote had me bawling, right? And you know, it turns out that everybody starts doing that when they start reading it, right? But the reality behind it is that the premise is if something happened to me. What would I leave behind for my son? And if I should die before he's 18, what will he know? Like, what will he know of his father? Right. And and that to me was important having a, a child in the late stages. So it was important for me to at least get that right. So how important is to make sure that you go behind every single account and check the beneficiary? How important is that? Go ahead, Chris. I see you. Very. I think it's critical. Yeah, it's yeah. She, she, she do it yesterday. Yeah, like like right away. I I had in 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 this this is funny, but because it's true, I'm I'm a victim of it too, and this is why it's important to have a conversation. You know, um, I have what they call renewals in the insurance business in their lifetime, and I didn't have any beneficiary on it, and it's millions of dollars, and I never put my beneficiary on it because I wasn't married at the time, so I never thought about it. You understand? It wasn't like life insurance. They don't allow you to actually do the policy until you put a beneficiary there. But it's so important to go and check where that beneficiary is. So let me ask you a question. What accounts do you need to go check? 401k. Definitely. Investment accounts. Go ahead. Life insurance. Life insurance. Correct. What else? Bank accounts. Bank accounts. Yeah. Absolutely. What else? All, maybe, all of them. Maybe mortgage. Mortgage. I would say you're you're if you're if you're willing it over to your your mortgage, any properties, make sure that they have that 
correct paperwork in a force. So this way there's no question. You know, if, if if daddy said I was getting the house, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear, you want to make sure that you have that all straight. If there's a 50-50 split in that house when it is sold, that has to be in writing. Yeah, so right? also how how it how it actually is gonna go out. So that's another important part is like how they're gonna receive those assets. Absolutely. Absolutely. And these are things so we like don't the house is going to get sold off and then they get the value of the house or, you know, or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And absolutely. How, and how are the fees related to disposal of those assets or liquidation of those assets? Get Down covered? to the penny. Like, yeah, like, like I want the benefit, but I don't want to pay none of the expenses. That, but you know, everybody wants the, the baby without the labor pain. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, and that can be a big uh, argument. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, is we have insurances at the job. So let me give you this story because this is important. Um, I had a client who, um, you know, she passed and everyone was looking for the insurance. So here's the things that you do off top. Let's say you walked into a, a, a minefield and you didn't know where this life insurance was. The first thing you want is the life, the head, the HR's number. So you can call HR to find out if in fact they were insured through the job, right? If it was enforced at the time of death. The second, enforced at the time of death is important because even if it was canceled, then they died before that policy was canceled, the insurance company is still liable. Understand that, right? Second thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through that bank account. Why? Because if I don't know where their the policies are, people pay for their insurances mainly through ACH, comes right out of their account or through mail, snail mail. You can always find it, right? See, the other thing people don't really understand is that, you know, well, I got a whole life, I got term. Well, if you die, it all pays out. It doesn't really matter, right? But it does matter in the long term when you're talking about planning, right? Because term is going to end one day and whole life is not, right? But if I'm a businessman, I want a lot of term. Why? Because I got a lifestyle to protect, right? So there's just certain things there that need to be understood. Um, I would also have a list of my accountant. I think that's important my lawyers, and any money managers. It should be listed, right? Because they're gonna need to know where the money, right? So it's like, I found myself in the middle of the night and this is what, I was gonna write about something totally different for the night. But this morning it hit me, I gotta protect my assets and I gotta make sure that my wife and my son are protected. I can't let anything, leave anything up to chance. You never know what could happen, right? So does anyone know um, the power of an irrevocable trust? If you don't, I'll just step in and stab in then. So- I know a little bit. You know a little bit, wee bit? Well, tell me what you know, Gina. Don't be baffled. Share is no. That's okay. That's okay. I'm willing to learn more. Just well, let's get that much to learn from me, because I don't. This is not my area, but this is something I bring up because it's important for us to, to dig into it. So I always, I always tell people, I don't. This is not my area, but I can spit it out there so you can chew it up and you'll get the answers if you start to seek it. But if you have a a, a, a irrevocable trust, you're not going to get a set one. It's not good if you don't have major assets, like mm -hmm. eleven point eight million. I think is was the number. So if you don't have at least over that, it doesn't make sense to set it up because you're setting up to pretend you're laughing, Kimberly. You're setting it up. If you get to 11.8 million, you look young in the face. Come on now, what you messing with me? 
Yeah. Come on now. You don't know yet. But, (laughs) (laughs) But here's the deal. It's it's there. Your state is going to be protected from the state tax. You know, there's a lot of things that can be protected, but you got to make enough money. You got to have enough money to do that. But what I would do is look up trust, irrevocable trust, living trust, living will, all types of trust. See what makes sense for you later on, because you want to leave direction. You know, I know that if I if if let's say, God willing, I'll die tomorrow and they got all of this money. If I don't have it in a trust you know, then they're just going to go spin it a certain way. I can leave it, leave direction in the trust. So it's important that you understand that. Um, and I, so I'll, I would also just talk to a, an estate planner. I think everybody should have that conversation, even if they don't plan or they don't have anything, you know, you can, you can put it into the, the, uh, the air and, and kind of figure out what it is. So that's this way, when you do get there, you know what to do to plan to get there. So does anyone have an IRA or Roth IRA or 401k or anything like that? Yeah. Okay. Who knows what the contribution limits are? I'm sorry, repeat that. What are the contribution limits for an IRA? Uh, Per year, isn't it 19,000? No, it's 6,000 for a regular IRA. For a regular IRA? Okay. IRA is 6,000. And if you're over 50, you can put another 6,500 in for a, isn't there a salary cutoff for that, for the IRA? It's or 25% of your compensation. Okay. Chris, you know, you sound like, you know what you're talking about player. I like what's going down. What what business are you in? Uh, I'm I'm a scientist at uh, at J&J. Like it. Like it a lot. Um, so, but that, that is absolutely correct. So I'll tell you a story that I did personally because it made sense. So about two weeks ago, I opened up a kiosk. Okay. A self-employed 401k. See, since I'm self-employed and I only have one employee looking at them, right. I can, I can actually open up a self, uh, an SC, a set 401k. So I'm over 50. So I can actually put in additional catch-up payment of 6,500. So it's 19,500 plus that payment, right? So, and and my I can put it up to, I think it's $63,500. If you're under 50, it's 57. So if I make in my business a hundred grand, let's call it just for the sake of the math, a hundred grand. I can actually put 63,500 with no tax consequence I could pay myself twenty five thousand, and it'll come off of the it'll come off of the not as ordinary income, the deduction. So I actually can get eighty eight thousand from my company, well, not eighty eight, but twenty five thousand dollars in income without a problem, without having to pay any taxes on it. So what I would be doing if I'm looking at how I protect my money, I'd be looking into tax shelters because that's what they are. You know, your Roth IRA. The, who knows the difference between Roth and an, and a uh, in a in a regular IRA? I do. One you pay the taxes up front, and the other one you pay yeah, taxes up for year. Okay. First of all, let me ask you. You are absolutely right. What is your name, sir? Uh, Jason McDaniel. Hey. Oh, that's you, Jason. I didn't know that. I can't see you <laughs> waiting there. <laughs> the big old conference room. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. So one is pre-tax. So that's your IRA. I mean, your 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 four hundred one k is pre-tax. Your your IRA is pre-tax. Your, your Roth is after taxes are paid, okay? 
So it's a little, it's a little bit different. All right. And at what age can you withdraw it without any penalty? Uh, 59 and a half. You said 59 and a half. You just spoke it out. That's careless. <laughs> Take it into existence. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Good job. Okay. So how would you feel about <clears throat> writing a book about your life? Let's speak on it. If I wrote a, if, if I wrote a book, it'd be pretty interesting because I grew up in Vegas and pretty crazy life. It so, as of right now, it wouldn't be about things that I got accomplished. It would be about things that I've been through. Well, okay, let's let's keep it to the, so. to the topic, though. It's about what would that book be for your family is really what this is about. This is not about just writing any basic book, right? This is about what would you want to print? Because that's what my thought process was when I wrote my book. I was like, what do I want my son to know? And I needed to make sure it was truthful, it was raw, and it wasn't candy puffs. It wasn't like, ah, yeah, this is your dad is the best thing on planet. No, he had to know what I went through in order for him to understand what he's going to be facing. Those trials and tribulations. Yeah, you need, you, need, you need to know that. So, okay. So I think there should be a minimum of four books written, at least in my life, right? So hold on for one second. So when you think about it, I think you should have the story of your life, right? You need, I mean, who has kids? Raise your hand. Definitely, yep. Yep, so yeah. you need to have the story of your life. Why do you need the story of your life? Why is that important? Why is that important? So they can know your story and where you came from. Help them know you more. Help them understand ahead, history Chris. as it relates to them. Got it. And they can, they can learn off your life story. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Chris? They, they, they likely can relate to it more so than, than somebody that they're not related to. Correct. I mean, somebody they might even look up to. Right. Okay. So they could better understand themselves when situations and things arise, why right. they, why they make certain decisions. Mm-hmm. Chris, I seen you on mute. Do you have something? Uh, yeah, everything they said was true. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I think it's all right. Um, it's providing wisdom after you're gone because like, for example, I don't have kids now, but when I do, if I, my parents are not around being able to get and instill all of that information into my children one day. So just wisdom. Let me tell you something, guys. Um, it took me 45 days to write my book. And when I read it myself, it was like comfort food to know. Number one, it was a sigh of relief to know that if something happened to me, this book is here. <sighs> I, I did that as soon as I finished the last word, right? Um, number two, there is nothing more rewarding, I think, than a child reading their dad's or their mom's last will and testament as written by their parents. It speak, that speaks directly to them. Mm. Tell me how many times you would read that book if you was going through something. Probably yeah. every time you go through something. So that's why it's so important that we write these things down. Stop living selflessly, aimlessly in the wind. Stop mm -hmm. firing those bullets. Take those easy shots. I think that's important, at least from my perspective. Second book. I, I think it's also great that if they listen, which most of us don't, they don't have to make the same mistakes that we make. Well, this, or not make them as many times as we made them. 
Well, this is about the honesty, though. If the honesty is there and not the you should be a good son book, right, or good daughter book, I mean, the honesty is there. It'll be like watching a movie that you'll fall in love with because you understand that relationship better than anybody yeah. else. Yeah, and I, I definitely, you know, I agree with that. I love that book. But what I'm saying is, you know, I, why am I going through this and what's happening to me? And then you can go back and say, mm, wait a minute, dad said in chapter six, or mama said in chapter seven, so you don't have to make the same mistake. So I, I feel it's both. Okay, now, book number two. How important, how important is it to have a financial diary? Come on. Extremely. I mean, how else will anybody know where everything is, how to, who to contact? Um, I had gone through that. Um, my son's father passed away when he, he was six months old. I just went back to work. He Ooh. had two businesses and was buying houses in Ohio. I didn't know where to look for anything because he didn't map it out. Um, and then of course, you know, his siblings came in and took over because there was nothing labeled out or anything. So yeah, you have to map out everything. I gave my mother a booklet of every password where everything is mm -hmm. so that she would know. And, that, and that's wildly important, but here's, here's what I, I want to put out there. And this is important because when I sat here and I did this, I said to my wife, this is going to be wildly boring because, you, know, you know, normally I'm a firecracker, but I said, this is important. And this is this financial diary is something that no one has. Most people don't. Let's put it that way. And it's got to be written from the standpoint of if you should fall and bump your head and have amnesia, if you wake up one day not remembering yourself, but forgetting everything else, you can go step by step in what you wrote and you'll be able to build the same fortune that you were about to leave. Your son and daughter should be able to read it that way. It's that mm -hmm. important. Because if you leave it that way, then there's no guesswork. They got to put the work in, but there's no guesswork there. Make sense? Yeah, so it sounds like you have a template out there for that. <laughs> uh, it's in my book. I already wrote it for my son. I can't write yours. No, no, I'm just saying there's a, bit, there's a template. There's a template. Yeah, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not playing at all. I got major goals. And the goal that I'm at right now is not, it's just the coordinates to where I'm going. That's how I look at it. Every time I hit a goal, I make another one. And I think that's important. All right. So then the next one would be how helpful would a description of your experiences be for your children to tap into? So, because, you know, in life, we don't get a book that says, I am here let's go to page 450, right? We got to figure it out. But, and no, we can't write it to the point where it's precise, but here's a reality. If we write our mirror, maybe they'll see their reflection. And so the things that they're going through in life, whether it be those peaks and those rally valleys and those things in between, it becomes like, wow, my, you know, relationships, these different things that happen to us that go bump in the night in a life, you know, these are good things to actually look at. So that would be book number three, right? Number four, which is probably the most important thing for me, is going to be, go ahead. Can I, can I ask you a quick question about just how the, um, the description of life, of life experiences or how is that different from the story of life? 
it's more just because it's chronological? One's about you, right? The Uh other one is about really the experiences with people. You got it? So then it, it, it transcends down into the next book is about relationships, right? So, and here's what I mean by experiences so we can put it, distinguish it between relationships. What did you learn when your first girlfriend or your first friend, when you had that first argument, what did you learn about that person? And are they still in your life, right? What did you learn about that experience, right? Because chances are they're gonna have an argument with someone they care about. Chances are they're gonna disagree with their brother. Chances are they're gonna disagree with their family. Something's going to happen that's going to be what we all go through. So it's just that whole general experience. So it becomes something that they can gleam and glom. And it won't be perfect because there's nothing, no such thing as history repeats itself, but it can mirror it, right? So then at least there's something to sink teeth in that something is there for me, right? So now when it comes down to the fourth one, this one is a relationship code of ethics mode of operation and behavior book in four areas, family, friendships, business, and relationships, whether it be marriage, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, or friendship, you know, whatever, right? I think that how you carry yourself is important. I think the, there's a, there's a lot of meat there that can be written from your perspective. My experiences are my experience, but if you leave this for your family, these are four books that I think should be, they're going to get written by me anyway. Like I'm already on book three now. Right. So, but it's one of those things where it has to be put down because when I was younger and I'm a little older than most, you know, but when it comes down to it, we all had that Botanica encyclopedias, that whole rack of books with all the information. So to me, it's like, why can't we have the legacy books that we wrote along the way that just, you know what? This is from my granddad. Like my dad gave me a poem of his father and gave it to me. I still have it to this day because he knew I wrote poetry. He knew that I used to do this and do that, right? And I think that's just important. And those are the things that we keep and we cherish more way past the money aspect, but the money aspect has to be there as well, right? So in that book, what would you want that book to be like? What would you want your your child to know? Knowing what you know now, what will you teach your children about relationships? Start with family. What- I would teach them that blood doesn't make you family. Yeah, I've been saying that all day. I, my, my, my slogan on this one is not all family is blood and not all blood is family. You know, but what what about that? And why, why would that be a lesson that you would teach about family? Um, in the past, I've been loyal to family um, simply because of the blood relation. And, and, and it's come back to burn me more than that of any other relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, but I speak of, you know, one of my, my, my brother. You know what I mean? I love to do but I got to love him from a distance because I know that getting involved with his character is detrimental to my character, to my life, to my livelihood. You know what I mean? So, but to some people, you know, who have that mentality that, you know, I'm going to 
we have that mentality, I mean, it could it could burn you. I don't want to get into specifics, but of course, you know, yeah, but you know. No, I, I get it. I, I I understand that, and I think that's why I said it. Because you know, if something happened to me tomorrow, I worked hard to make my family um, enriched. Let's put it that way, right? So they can do things without me. You know, if the credit's messed up, they can buy cash. If they need to get a house, they can't get. They can buy cash. Everything they can do, even though they wouldn't, and then even to the point where. You know, I know that there there are tentacles out there that would soon enough take 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 try to take advantage because I'm the I'm the pit bull at the gate. Nothing moves around me unless it's approved by me, right? Because these are the things that we work to take care of our family. So I think that people show up under the mon moniker of family, um, and sometimes those things are just not forthright. Now, on the flip side of it, you got to teach about family, real family. That, that to the core family, what we do to build our family. You can't have the, the bad without the good and the good without the bad. You got to have it all, right? So they can distinguish and know the difference because if, once they can see the truth, then it's easy. The lie becomes apparent. You understand? It's easy, right? So I think that's number one. What are we talking about when it comes, what are we teaching our children when it comes to friendship? When people show you who they are, believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, Veronica, I'm going to tell you, I always tell people, listen, everybody, and, and this is where my, my history, so you guys don't know it, you know, I, I was in the music business for a while and had some notoriety, so I'm always skittish about people anyway, so that's just because people come with their own motivation, right? But when it comes down to friends, you know, you could say fry you in the end, friend, or they can be real friends. Right. But I think that a real friendship is tested. Who agrees with that? Absolutely. So when it comes down to that, if I don't, if you can kumbaya and be nice to me all day. Right. Um, and you you're you're because you got to realize something. A lot of people seek validation by their friendships, uh, by what they do, who they are, all this other good stuff. And, you know, and some people kind of you want to say clout chase. Maybe that's the case. Some people do that too. You don't know who you're dealing with until something goes wrong. And that to me is important. You want to say something, Kim? Yeah, I was just going to say, you just need to manage those expectations. You can't assume that the way you treat people is the way that people are going to treat you. So for me, I used to always have high expectations of people because I've been good to you. So when people disrupt my life, I'm upset because I'm just like, hey, what are you doing? I'm not treating you this way. Why are you treating me this way? So I've had to learn that throughout the years, but just managing your expectations when it comes to relationships. So the way, how does that look in a, in a, in a book? So we talk about that book, right? So I think that we should try to come up with bullet points, like 10 bullet points, write a paragraph, right? 10 bullet points, write a paragraph. What, what about that bullet point you want to break down? And, but here's, you have to understand something. You're hurt and you're, 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 you have to be objective about what you write because it's being read by your children. They're gonna feel a certain way based on your emotions and your emotions always come out in your pen, whether you like it or you don't. And I can tell you this from experience because in my family, you know, you might have this person saying, well, they weren't there for me, right? So now that person has never been in a situation where the son has never been in a situation where they experienced that with that person, but because that person was talking it, 
it became their ownership, right? So it's important not to pass the hate forward either, but you can just, you can pass the eyes wide open, you know, watch out for this. And this is how you can tell this, 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 and that, you know what I'm saying? It's like my friend, Bobby G used to say this to me. He go, Kev, you want to know when a woman's down for you? Ask her for money. Oh, you know. He never lied, right? <laughs> he never lied. I never asked anybody for money, but the point is, is that you see the true colors of people when it comes to money too. It's like, I have a thing. I don't lend money. Like, don't even yep. ask. I don't lend money. I give it. And I won't be like, okay, well, you say you give it. Can you give? No, 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 no. I have to see that there's a need. If I see there's a need, you don't have to worry about ever paying it back because here's how I look at it. If you had it, you wouldn't need it. Right. So if you had it to pay back, then you wouldn't ask. Right. So I'm like, here you go. You know, it's like, I've been blessed. I bless others. That's just how it works. And I don't think about it because it's not something I even want to talk about. It's like what we should do as human beings have a little humility and humanity and a little nobility and keep it going and keep it underneath our hat. Because there's one thing I would always say, people do things for you, and this is the friendship category, and they put it up like a banner of advertisement. I did this. Mm -hmm. I was there for you. This is who I am. And they do that so much to the point, then why did you do it? Go get yourself a dog. <laughs> need a friendship. Keep <laughs> it at 100. This is where it gets, I told you it's going to be interesting from here. I couldn't just keep it all numbers. So anyway, so then next topic, it goes to what are we teaching about relationships? Wow. Whew. Yeah. Right. Right. People have changed, though. So, you well, know, no, our, our idea of change, how we view relationships have changed. The generations have changed, but love stays the same. It's true. True. So what are we teaching? And then you got to understand something. Everything that I'm saying, I want you I want to hear this. I want you to hear this. It's been a negative spin on it. Right because of the pain that someone has inflicted in that category. You want your children to read that? Or do you want it to be balanced? They can read that, but it has to be balanced. Because if you don't put, you're gonna think all relationships are what? Bad, got it? So it's, it's important that we don't put our heart in the point where we don't use our mind and we don't look at it from 360 degrees. We don't we don't look at it from 360 degrees. We could hurt our hurt our hurt our intent. What are you gonna say, BB? No, I I agree with you. It's just like I, when I said people change. I mean, people's understanding and their perspective of relationships is not the way that it used to be. And now with the younger generation, I think they're probably more understanding than uh, the 40 and 50 year olds nowadays. So things are things people have changed. It, it's just not the same. I would say this because this is part of what I used to do. I should write about relationships for years. And I'd say this to you. The older we get, the harder it becomes. Because someone, we have the kick dog mentality. The thing that happened to us yesterday is going to happen today. If we see a reflection of it just for a second, then we're on our horse and we're running away. And relationships, the younger you are, the least experiences you have, so you're more susceptible to be open. And I think that that relationship piece needs to be explained because it's the most, if we spend most of our life in that dynamic, 
it's it's just wildly important that we see the whole spectrum on it. Like when in my book, I talked about, I think it was four relationships and I gave the good, the bad and the ugly. I gave it all. But I also gave a relationship of love to compare the model. It had to be a model of love. And this is not love. This is love. This is not love. Because if you know what love is, then when you see it coming your way, because guess what? If you're raised like I was raised poor, this kid is a millionaire already. What the heck does he know about struggling? Right. So all and he's going to be loved. So he's going to have a heart. So having a heart, people are going to try to take advantage of him. So he needs to know the difference between in those areas. And he needs to know what is real. Like if you live in Florida and it's also like segmented towards where you live too, because your, your community has a lot to play with your, your mentality, right? So if you live in Florida, it's fake. They're doing advertisements on implants, this, and you can hit this collagen injection and that type of thing. And everything's about what people see. When you're in New York, it's about money. Getting it done. Come on, right? Have, hurry up and let's go. Hurry up and wait, right? So it just depends on what part of the spectrum you want them to see. But I think it's the it's really not about what you you think they should see. It's about what you saw and what your experiences was so they can see through your weeds, the forest for the trees, if that makes any sense. Right. What about school? Okay, I'm gonna, hold on. Hold on for your answer. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Knowing what you know now, what will you teach your children about school? Come on. I'm having fun. Come on. College, if college is not for everyone, honestly, but yeah. Why, why you say that? Um, you know, I have a double master's degree. I work in sports right now. Um, I work for a team and there's a lot of people around me that don't have that master's degree like I do. So it's been helpful because it's helped me network and get in the business but there's a lot of people that with their grind and just working hard, they don't necessarily have to go that same route. So I rather you focus on something versus going to college, spending all this money, getting into debt. And you know, yeah, you, you said you had two master's degrees. I was like, you still owe. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm almost, <laughs> I'm halfway there with my student loans, but yes. <laughs> but, but see, the thing about it is that, I mean, education is beautiful, you know, and, but at the end of the day, I think the direction has to be focused. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sending my child to college. Why? He doesn't have to go if he doesn't want to, but he needs the education. So I want him to go to business school. Even if he just walks around the halls for a little bit, he'd be walking around the halls with people who have a lot more than we have because that school, that Wharton, that, 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 you know, Harvard, that, that mentality, because you, I send him away, shipping him off, with the mentality of, because it's gonna be planted in his head anyway, whether he decides to take it or not, it's up to him, that his school should be for the business he wants to own, not for working for somebody. That's just the mentality there, right? He needs to know the difference between a business and a job. And if you know me, businesses buy houses in the Hamptons, jobs don't, okay? So I need him to understand the differences. Whether he can own his own house in the Hamptons is one thing, but he needs to know how to generate. And then there's a there's a bank mentality in my household. And he needs to understand that bank mentality, meaning that 
every child that comes out of this Davis household has got to put 10% of their revenue for, in perpetuity into the family account. Why? Because daddy can make it jump. That's why. And they'll be able to make it jump. And they'll be having a blast doing that so that everybody gets into that situation of funneling their funds into their, into their account. And if you know that you can make 20, 30% on your account every year, why wouldn't you do that? And if you're next in line to learn how to do that, why wouldn't you pay attention? And maybe I may skip a generation. Okay, your sister didn't get it. She, yeah, look, your brother will come over here. The person who knows the most controls the most, right? So it'd be like an episode of Dallas. Remember Dallas back in the days? Yeah, exactly. For you people who used to watch those shows. But the point I'm reaching is that that makes sense. You know, what will you want them to know about business? You know, and, and, and I'm gonna skip that one and go to job. What would you want them to know about a job or not know about a job? Don't do it if you don't love it. Don't do it if you don't love it. Got it. What else? They can replace you in a minute. Like some people just stay longer because they feel like they owe it to the company, but they will replace you. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? The more money you make, it's easier to cut you because those are the salaries they want to get off the table. Right. They want those off the balance right. sheet. You know, you're a revenue per employee person which means you generate a certain amount of revenue per your salary, right? So you might generate $3 million, but only get paid $60,000, right? And a lot of people are in that dilemma. You'll never get a piece of it. So this is why I always tell people, and this is why it should be written, don't work in a place you don't plan to own. Me personally. Don't make sense. I've never done it. I've done exactly what I just said to you. And don't work in a place I don't plan to own. But when it comes down to it, it's one of those things that's important. So now I'm going to speed it up a little bit. What do you think is wrong with people's behavior these days? Uh, are you talking about in general? In general. In general? In general. Uh, I heard this one. Um, I heard this one, uh, I guess, kind of motivational talk that says people don't think too well. Uh, that they don't they just they're not focused on on the goal as much as they should be uh, yeah i that's big time i think they spend too much time being messy too much time being out of pocket um and when i say out of pocket just not focus on the agenda i don't think people have goals i don't think they have yeah, basically yeah so I, yeah. I understand what you're saying um anyone has any anyone has anything else to offer to that so then i move so what would you teach your child about communication? Now, keep in mind, all of this stuff is if something happened to you, right? What would your family know about you? What would your child know about you? What decorum would they carry? What communication? What would you teach your child about communication? Well, I would say to be open and honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Could be like Miss. Communication is uh, a part of your healthy life. Communicating your feelings and, and then knowing how to communicate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I'm going to give a couple of ones that I have, but someone was going to offer something else. Go ahead. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Absolutely. That's one of them. Boy, oh boy. Go ahead, church. Sharon. Ching, ding, ding. So listen more than you speak. You learn a lot when you listen. 
You know, the, you know, you heard the saying that the quietest person in the room is the strongest person in the room. So listen, you'll be able to tell what's real if you just listen, right? If you're going to talk, if you must say something, say it with purpose, meaning mean what you say. And if you have something to say and you put your words in the universe, make sure you keep them. Don't allow someone to put words in your mouth, right? And always speak your truth, own your truth. And, and as Jason said, never be afraid to communicate your feelings. And then I would also add to that, speak what you want to be the outcome. Speak it into existence. And um, be careful what you put into the universe. I would say that. I, I say that to, I said this to a group um, maybe a few, maybe a couple of months ago. Uh, at the beginning of the year, 2020 came in. Um, my son at this point was five months old. And I was terrified of him walking on the floors because in Florida, they have these like these almost like these concrete type of floors. I don't know the linoleum. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so I bought like seven packs of mats, seven packs, like boom, I'm putting them all together all around the kitchen, the living room, every entrance into a doorway had mats. But me being creative, I spelt out Investment Dojo 2020. I spelt out um, everything that I wanted to have as far as an affirmation. The word is on the floor. I walk over it every day. Even if I don't think about it, I look at it. Does that make any sense? So I think that's important. And I think you need to put that somewhere in there too, because your words are powerful. They're powerful. They are who you are. When you open your mouth, that's all they got to judge you by. <laughs> so let's go here. What would you teach your children about time? That it's the most precious commodity. And once it's gone, you can't replace it. Yep. Well, I'm a little nutty, Miss Veronica, because I'd be like, listen, if you live to 80, that's 29,000 days. <laughs> in, a, in a day, that's 86,500 seconds. In an hour, there's 37, 3,600 seconds. And yes, time is short. Time is priceless. So use money to buy back time with the ones you love. That's how you spend money. Because if you retire early, you could do a lot of things. It's like my mom told me yesterday for the first time now, she's a diehard New Yorker, which means you can get on a train, you can go anywhere. For the first time, she says to me, I want to move out to Florida. You know, we're in Florida. I was like, okay, give me a year. It'll be done. Because I'm not going to move out to Florida without the setup. So, you know, if I set her up, condo, she, she don't drive. I got to get my house first so I can have her near it. Grandbaby time, baby's time, working on number two, that type of thing. And I just think that family time is, is you don't get enough. We spend so much time passing each other in the night. I know couples that see each other on a Sunday because they're sleeping back to back because they one works in the morning, one works in the night. So they're always tired. There's no relationship. There's no dinner time. There's no talk time. It's like this pandemic saved some relationships and it tore down some relationships too. 
It really did. It made people realize it was the wrong person because it was avoiding them, avoiding having that conversation. You understand? And, and I think time is important because it allows you to understand that. So I, I really think that in that on those four boxes, you know, relationship, friendship, oh, family, business, you need to understand that. What are you gonna say, Irv? Okay. You know, you need we need to understand that. So here's another one. And, and this is the second slide till we're done. How important is teaching your child how to handle their emotions are? How important is that? Probably one of the most important things you can teach them. Yeah. Absolutely important. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can get pulled way into the center. If you're not in control of that emotion. So mm -hmm. me personally, I won't be provoked. I put distance between stress. I put distance. I don't need to address it. Why? Because if it's addressable, I would have addressed it a different way. And, and you never make a decision out of, of emotion anyway. It's nine times out of 10, it's the wrong decision. Always calculate your next move. That's why my dad taught me how to play chess at seven. And I think that's a game that everybody should learn how to play. Matter of fact, I bought a chess book for my uh, book club because <laughs> I want people to read about chess because it's, I think chess is a, um, it's, it's very, very uh, great to learn strategy. And life is about strategy. It really is. The um, person in control of their emotions is the person in control. The person who's out of control, they always got to talk to their emotions in the air. They want attention. In some way, they want you to validate why they feel that way. That's a person you is toxic. You're going to stay away from that, right? And I think that part of life needs to be explained, what to stay away from and what should be attractive as energy. And at least from my perspective, does anyone have anything to offer there? And if not, the last thing I would say on that is be respectful of another person's emotions. Nothing will make someone more upset than you just flipping off what they said or what they felt because you felt something different and not give them credence. People need to live in their space with someone who understands them. And, and I think that makes sense. And so the last I would say is, what would you teach your child about love? Say it again, one more time. I said it should be unconditional. Mm -hmm. Though sometimes it's hard to not put conditions. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's in, in, I would, I would also break it down to people and then non-breathing things. So this is what I mean. I would never love a car. I like a car. I don't care how great that car is. It doesn't deserve my love. <laughs> it's a car. It doesn't love you back. Right. Um, you know, if you're going to love unconditionally, make sure that the unconditionally is an agreement between both. <laughs> and it's not an agreement made with mouth, it's agreement felt by heart. You can, and you can see it, like you can see truth, you got guys. Sometimes we just we just kind of like block it out. We decide not to see it. What are you gonna say, Ginge? Also that love is a verb in some mm -hmm. relationships, so like marriage and um, others, it, it's a verb. And it has mm -hmm. to be, whether it's showing that ever love language that you share with 
Yeah, I think that's important. I think we need to know how that's impactful, you know? And also we need to know that, you know, love is not perfect. You know, it's gonna happen. Things are gonna go wrong and you're gonna find yourself apologizing, but as long as you communicate and it's sincere, that you can go forward. I think we become resentful when our feelings are not intact. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of kids are not emotionally intact. Then none of no kid is emotionally intact. They're still developing and learning from experience. But a lot of times if they're polarized in a house that didn't have that love in it, they don't know how to react. So they can be out of control. That's why it's important to write this stuff down. It sounds crazy, but it's really not. They got to know how to how how this world works in some some idea of it. And why not come from the parent that had them? It just kind of makes sense to me. Um, you know, I think and I'm just going to rattle these off because I want to want to bring the call to a close. Um, social behavior, how how they should ha handle themselves out in public. You know, that's important. Accountability is super important to teach them responsibility and be accountable for their actions. Responsibility, right? Um, respect and what that word really, really means. And to have a certain amount of respect for people and to understand the differences. Like, you know, I wrote it in my book. I can teach you respect or I can earn your respect. I'm asking you guys on this call, which one do you want from me? You want me to teach you or you want me to earn your respect? Earn. Yeah. Because if I okay. teach you respect, what does that mean? No one knows what that means? Go ahead, Kim. It means you're correct in a behavior. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <We're about> to, <laughs> as my dad would say, learn your darn ya. Yeah. If I gotta teach you, then then the scrunchy face comes up and I start talking really low. And that's when you're gonna pay attention. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, he was joking a second ago. Yeah, stop joking. Right? Um, and, and I think that respect is important. We need it. It's in that word, inspecting uh that keeping your word, respect, it's in that same category for me, right? Um important, teach your children about desires vices, like greed. Um, it's important because like I told my brother before I left New York, be careful what you do. That's how they get you to do everything. You want something so bad that you would do everything for it. Even if you won't do everything for it, they'll paint the picture just to know they can get something from you. Be careful what you desire. Be very careful and understand there's nothing in life worth greed this gluttony is no mm -mm. you don't no it doesn't make any sense so now if it was today if today was your last day would you be satisfied for my adults with children with all you've taught your children oh, think yeah. about that no then you got work to do that's what this yeah. whole conversation was about because this is why you write down your journey to this way, at least they'll know you were here. That's one thing. And they knew you were here to make them better. If you knew that your, your parents was here to make your life better, you probably handle your respect for life a lot different. Make sense? 
yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> I hope you got something out of it, guys. You know, um, this is something that I do because I really feel about it. I think that it money all day. Um, that's cool, but that becomes boring. That's like the guy or the gal that always gives you a call. They talk to you. You didn't get one word in edgewise. You got on the telephone. You were on for 40 minutes and you said one word. Hello. Waiting to say the second word. Goodbye. Right. Um, it's not all about you. It's about everybody. So I think that, um, you know, this is a, a great form for us to kind of bend the rules and we don't have to always talk about the finances of things, but I wanted to add both to this call because I thought it was important. So I appreciate your time. All right. For you guys who are just new to the page, I appreciate you. Um, good to meet you. And I'm sure I'll see you on the paint. All right. See you guys next week. I appreciate you. Thank good night, you. Kevin. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. You're very good. Night, well. Kevin. Good night, everyone.